Culture Talk. On this podcast, we will be discussing the meaning of life and all the strands that feed into the grand scheme of things. Aside from this, uh, from these very serious sounding topics, we will also look into relationships and how they've changed over time, whether it's with the development of situationships or in some other cases, textationships. You know, these are all new phenomena that need to be covered in great depth because they are alien for it. Uh, Culture Talk is also an opportunity that I've seized to freely express myself and to freely let out what keeps me up at night. It is a journal of sorts and by listening to my podcast you should be able to see quite clearly into my mind and how I perceive the world. Um, Everyone needs a space or an outlet in which they can vent you know the things that they keep compressed or suppressed rather inside themselves because I think it's obvious that everyone has more conversations in their head with different amounts of people than they do externally. You have you think more than you say and you say what you say depending on who you're with. The saying my personality is who I am and my attitude depends on who you are so depending on who you are I'll show different aspects of myself. The Japanese have a philosophy of three faces, an ancient philosophy, and they believe with these three faces, which eat with each layer, depends on the gradation of comfort that person feels with you. So three faces, let's uncover them. The first face is obviously your face. That's the face you look at in the mirror every day. That's the face you wake up to. That's the face with all your insecurities, all your unfathomables. Your second face is the face you show to your friends and your family. Third face is what you show the exterior world, the world unknown, the world that doesn't know you, those people that come into contact with you for the first person and as you get to know people that you show them your inner faces you show them your inner feelings your inner thoughts as they come closer to you they can see right through the layers like an onion as you cut it you get closer to the core but as you're getting to the core you have to remove layers layer by layer and that's what conversations are like essentially people are puzzles and you're ultimately trying to figure them out um if you imagine a rubik's cube you're always having to twist and turn or play games and enjoy it because you're trying to figure out what makes this person tick how can i get this person to listen to me or be on my side or what can I do to get them in my favor to get what I want from them whether you're in the workplace you are looking to be the best version perceivable to your workmates and your boss not necessarily the best version of yourself but you want them to envision you as the as the best version of whatever they think you are and that's why first impressions are so important because in the first impression people get a reading they get a temperature of what you're really like and I think as a person who likes to socialize and a conversationalist that it's quite interesting how much a first impression goes into shaping your life because I believe in the butterfly effect. You never know whether it's with a rude remark or a kind compliment. How you can shapeshift someone's whole day. You can alter their mood. You can shift their perceptions of life. You see, imagine you're in a grocery store and you say you're shopping for fruits. You've been sent on an errand by your mother and you're shopping for fruits. And um, say you're listening to music or you're playing FIFA beforehand. So you're kind of upset that your mom you know, has detracted you from or rather redacted you from the activity you were doing. So instead of pleasure, you're feeling pain or seemingly pain because it's drawing you away from what you found is pleasurable. But anyway, she sends you on an errand. You're on a sour mood. You turn on your music, whatever. You drive, come out your house, you reverse, you turn, you go down the road. You're in the traffic light. Now you're absent-minded. All you're thinking about is, I'd rather not be here. I'd rather not be doing this. Now in that absenteeism of your mind, you're totally blank. Anything can happen to you at that point because you're vulnerable. You're stuck on the feeling. And say you get to the grocery store, safe and sound, and then the cashier is also having a bad day. So you ask a question. She answers you brashly. You retaliate, you comment back and she's obviously taken aback because there's a bit of pushback and there's a bit of hostility between the two of you. Now, one little thing has built up and you've almost reached a point of eruption because you being sent on that errand was a tremor and you go into that traffic
traffic was then again another tremor you listening to the ads or the terrible dj speaking over the music was and again a tremor you got to the store they didn't have what you were looking for you called the person they'd ask you to go and look again this then built up built up built up and built up until the point of a volcanic eruption and this is the butterfly effect in essence because what the butterfly effect suggests is that little things add up little things make a difference you know a compliment can go a long way complimenting someone's smile someone's swag someone's style of dress you know someone's car someone's vibe someone's energy can really uplift the mood and you can never know who you're helping that could be a future employer a future promoter your business partner life partner work partner future friend and um, i think basically what i'm trying to say is be nice to people because um, people do have a lot of shit going on in their lives and you never know who you're talking to or what they're dealing with you know loss grievances betrayals they occur all the time and you being rude or being inconsiderate of a person can just deteriorate their mood or their psyche even further can be harmful to them um also want to speak briefly on pressure to be perfect you see on culture school we're gonna have uh, various many guests some school students some middle-aged people some old people but mainly me and so a lot of the time you hear me venting and i'll go off on tangents so please forgive me but you catch my drift but anyway we're talking about pressure to be perfect i feel that in my generation there is this insurmountable amount of pressure placed on our shoulders from a young age because you know you always want to be the best you always want to be the hungriest the most fierce but then the coolest the calmest the hottest the flashiest the most talked about the most popular and, you know there's a lot of paradoxes because how are you going to be the hottest and the coolest at the same time you know how are you going to be get be the perfect straight a student you're going to try and balance your work and social life so you have to be perfect in school but then also be perfect in social settings so you want to smile and wave at your teachers but then also smile and wave at people who you don't care about you know you buy clothes and jewelry to show off people who you, you, you couldn't care less about you talk to certain people you dress a certain way you move a certain way to impress those who couldn't care less about you those who couldn't even give you the time of day and i think social media has impacted has probably had the largest impact on this because it's constant you're constantly being fed this garbage or be plastic be fake be superficial be artificial and not being intentional with your values your principles your intentions in life you're almost living a life that isn't yours you're not being you and in following this portrayal you are going off your life journey your purpose everyone's got their own unique purpose in life and with that comes its own trials and tribulations now you in order for you to find your purpose you obviously have to overcome certain hurdles and overcome certain challenges which are personal to you whether that's to do with loss or to do with betrayal or to do with um, defeat whether it's in the sport you know we learn a lot more in times of need than we do in times of abundance because when you have a scarcity mindset scarcity mindset sorry you realise what's truly important to you and who's really down for you like i.e. if you're in a rugby team and you lose a match and your fans insult you this way you bring you down you're terrible you're garbage you're trash but when you win they're all joyous and victorious and valiant and gallant and ecstatic and I think it's important to keep the same energy in your wins and your losses in your draws in your setbacks in your breakthroughs because what you learn is that if you're able to stay neutral and sort of go through life balancing the highs and the lows no high will ever be too high for you to handle nor will any low will be too low for you to handle but then again when you're at your low points you need those because that's character calling being in the low is an opportunity for you to discover who you truly are you know who truly cares about you what you mean to this world and how much can you take because life isn't fair life was never made fair in life you don't necessarily get, always get what you deserve you get what you work for and so you work with what you have and I know that sounds blunt sounds cold but 
but it is what it is you know um it's a difficult thing never been easy for anyone i mean speaking to, about myself uh, this podcast is going to be called welcome to my world because i'm going to journal um 2019 to 2020 i want to talk about it for the next few minutes and just help you process my thoughts my feelings as and when i was feeling them. so 2019 was an interesting year for me it was a year sort of i'm going to call my beginning of adulting in 2019 i was 17 i was in higher line now at my school you had all these sort of um, archaic names for your year groups so year nine was lower grammar year 10 was grammar year 11 syntax uh year 12 poetry and year 13 rhetoric and the significance of these names is um you were taught these stages at these at each stage you were taught the name of your group so what i mean by you were taught the name of your group as in when you were in lower grammar you were taught the basics grammar of whether it's old english latin or greek and then in grammar you were in the high end of grammar of latin greek or the classic languages then you move you progress further you learn the syntax then eventually you learn poetry and then rhetoric was when you learned how to speak publicly and debate and hold your own in conversational conflict um you know you were able to discuss ideas and beliefs and hold your own with what you've had what you had learned progressively from lower grammar grammar syntax poetry and rhetoric anyway that's that's besides the point so 2019 i was in um poetry the start of 2019 was was january obviously but we started the year for me 2019 realistically started probably september when i entered poetry and poetry was happy days you know i was loving it i was living life i come off my gcse's which weren't too bad so okay and from my gcse's was now the transition to a levels you know big things very serious so from on that wavelength i was high i was ecstatic i was i was living life i was enjoying it because i at that point in my life i thought to myself i was like i won't speak for what the school the teachers my parents and my friends thought but my self-confidence and my self-assurance was extremely high because um i had been in the rugby team which i'd worked hard for like each year because it, it just meant so much to me to be able to play with my brothers in arms my friends you know we train we'd sweat we'd get muddy we'd be rolling around in duck and goose shit and pushing machines and you know we weren't a terrible team but we'd lose quite often but um yeah we improved you know everyone got a bit bigger it's just us run kicked in we all started to take things a lot more seriously so poetry came in and i was just a different person i was a lot more chilled i thought i fell off my high horse to be honest because i was i came in riding high super confident living and loving life and just being the guy i thought i was or at least the guy that i saw in my head the guy who wasn't necessarily in the mirror and um yeah it was a difficult year for me because coming off a high like being matched with the reality as opposed to the potential or the person you imagine yourself to be with is quite difficult because i think you're always a conflict with yourself about who you are or what you want to be and i think what you want to be is always trying to push through to who you are but who you are is obviously dealing with external factors you know you're dealing with life as it is you didn't disappointment you didn't fear of rejection so 17 year old me you know came into poetry doing his a levels didn't really take them too seriously because you know i, I passed my my gcse's why why would i need to your focus or do anything i'm not writing my exams then but anyway and um i think a particular challenge for me was progressing into 2020 because in 2019 after the year had gone by you know i had a few setbacks here and there um love life was a bit choppy you know i got a few too many friends ones that i'd like to admit to admit to but it is what it is you do with it it's a confident guy managed to shrug them off you know you get friend zoned you try and swim out of it, it doesn't work
he tried and trudge through the mud to get through the, to the girl but no you know there's just once a girl labels you as a friend it's, it's kind of hard to transform or to convert them because you said girl can tell within probably about 0.5 seconds of looking at you whether you have a chance or not and depending on what comes out of your mouth that can either <laughs> destroy your chance or enhance it I guess for me it didn't it didn't do either it just stagnated it I was just a guy and I think um, the appeal for me was I was a nice guy I was kind of popular socials so I was talking to whoever anyone and everyone and you know it's it's, it's attractive because he's confident he holds his own he's got many friends in sports teams what, what, what. but then ultimately they, they like I don't know whether they were using me to get to my friends or try to get to know me and I just misinterpreted their niceness for flirtiness or whatever but yeah I've grown since then I'm a better person um moving on um another challenge I had to deal with was realizing that I wasn't the guy I thought I was and this is in terms of sports and in terms of extracurricular activities so the committee so you know as we were going through Estonia I always believed I was meant to be a leader you know I, f- I felt I have leading capabilities I'm a learned listener mediator assertive at times but then i can also have a challenge of balancing my arrogance and my cockiness with sort of not necessarily being timid but being humble and um yeah this seesaw was very turbulent for me because i've always had affirmation oh yeah you're a good guy oh yeah you're a leader oh yeah, look at this guy oh you know and certain things when you start to believe your own hype and i believe my own hype believe my own hype so that's how i was distraught i was terrified i was shocked i was um flabbergasted for lack of a better word when i found out i wasn't selected for the committee and to be fair i had done no work for it that year and so if you if you're talking of recency bias you don't blame the people who were chosen and ultimately the people who were chosen were right for the role i just felt that even though you're right for the role i'm also right for the role i also deserve a role we co-equally deserve a role i don't see why i'm not here or why they can't make any extra positions but um that was probably my biggest lesson thus far because i think being at that point where people were coming up to me it's like oh i expected you to be on it and oh you're not on it and i, I, I remember crying i remember going to the bathroom reading my letter in my bathroom and i called my dad and i told him said uh dad i'm, I'm on the committee and you know he, he obviously had his expectations because we, we've been in Estonia for a long time and you know feedback from teachers you could say it was misleading but we you know he, he consoled me he didn't he didn't yell at me he didn't shout at me he didn't do anything like that he just said you know look it's, it's tough times you know you can't you don't always get what you want and i'm sure there'll be other opportunities and now you can focus on school focus on your sports and do you have the freedom to do what you want because now everything you do won't be on display so i was like okay cool took a negative attitude that's how i started drinking smoking my head off i was just angry with the world angry with myself and quite childish i was having effect about it in my own little way and then um a friend of mine i won't name him but he knows who he is a bearded um blackberry bearded handsome nigerian glasses wearing you know size 12 foot guy he he, he told me he's like no listen you know the people who are on the committee deserve it and deserve it more than you now this is a friend i had met this year so in Sen 2019 and I think he was one of those people who when you share a moment with them it felt like you've had a million and one moments because we saw each other it was our spirits were in like and we connected the moment we saw the moment we locked eyes we became friends I remember the first time I met him I asked him to use his suit just so weird because I'm just I'm just this random black guy he comes up to you asks if I can use his suit and he said yes and from then the friendship I, I don't I, honestly I'm getting emotional thinking about it he's the best friend you could ever ask for he's so emotionally intelligent so 
spiritually aware and he's just an amazing person and he he's one of the few people I listen to you know if you talk to anyone you know that yes I may I'll hear you out but I may not necessarily listen like my friends would give me advice and I just wouldn't follow it so his advice to me was listen it's not that deep um what you get what you work for and I didn't work for it recency bias and I didn't work for it I was too, I took the whole year off in rugby I was slacking I wasn't really pushing in training I had even changed sports at that point um missing fitness sessions because fitness is optional I just I didn't care I didn't have a care in the world and I was just being complacent I was riding the wave I wasn't even pushing my grades I didn't feel any academic pressure because I felt like I get pressured into getting good grades to seek validation which I don't even get because whenever I get good grades you know it's just been the same you get a comm- commendation like okay well done good and that was it and I got tired of it honestly I got bored of it. and that's how we go on to 2020 or at least 2019 2020 and this is rhetoric and that's how when things cooled off tempers were flaring I had calmed down there was a point where I was thinking of just like storming to headmaster's office and just complaining and being like look what is this you know circus you're putting on but then I think having conversations with my parents my friends and other people it just helped me realize that you are not your awards you're more than what you awarded you're more than what people think you are you're more than even what you think you are and your potential is deep down within you and it can only really come out in points of need like when you're desperate when you're desperately trying to achieve your goal and I wasn't desperate in any fashion in fact I think if you you interviewed the community of then probably tell you why would I need to work hard when I've been here how many years I remember filling out the application my application was full I literally had no space to write anything else because I'd done so many things for the school but then it was that situation where I came off the ball because even if you dribble a football if we're using the football analogy if you take a football say three quarters of the way you're running you're sprinting you're pushing you dribble this person you dribble that person you do a rainbow flick here you know you hocus pocus you go through the person's legs you know in UK call it nutmeg in Zambia call it pomo so you pomo someone and then you reach the goal line well not necessarily the goal line but say you reach a deep circle where you take you normally take a free kick and then you decide to walk now people have been subbed in for the other team and they're chasing you down because they want that ball as much as you do they're hunting you they're hunting they're huffing and puffing and they're coming after you with a vengeance they're coming after you like a tiger that hasn't been fed like it means everything to them and that was effectively how I felt with the community because there was this new blood which had been brought into school and they were so hungry for knowledge they were so desirous to achieve everything they could and do what they needed to do you know and it taught me a lesson because you cannot rest on your laurels you cannot at any point it doesn't matter how many years of graph someone can be put miles ahead of you with six months of graph while you'll have six months of complacency and my biggest lesson to everyone anyone who listens to this don't be complacent if you want something be aggressive don't wait for anyone don't wait for yourself set unrealistic goals because if your dreams do not scare you clearly not big enough you have the power to change yourself and change the world but the most powerful thing you can do is have discipline and master yourself because once you master yourself you can hone your skills and master your environment you can be more impactful you can be more powerful you can be more influential and these are the lessons i've learned or just from a school setting you know i'm sure many people have wanted things at school many people wanted their football team to win or to be part of the football team or to be part of the basketball the tennis the netball the hockey the rugby team and you don't get in because ultimately there's people better than you i mean i played first team for about two three games i started i hurt my leg but then realistically i was only really playing because the person who should have been in my place was also injured so i was like a temp and then once i came out he came back in and it was hard for me to re-ingratiate myself in the team because he was more skillful he was faster he was cleverer he had a higher rugby iq than i did i was just big bruiser you know this big mean aggressive guy who caused damage on the field you know could take two or three people at a time just to bring him down but these people were able i mean the people i was competing with were able to split hairs and make clear-cut decisions that would change the outlook of game and what i've learned to that is that talent is not necessarily everything it's talent hard work but more importantly obsession if you're obsessed with what you do even Kobe Bryant said it. If you 
obsessed with what you do, no one can match you. If you have an obsessive work ethic, if you put it, put in time, effort, and attention, you will be miles ahead of anyone and everyone. And that's I think that's the message I'm trying to get across. But uh, let me just finish my little story time. So yeah, um, where was I? I? I was talking about committee disappointments. Yeah, and then the rugby team disappointment. That was huge. So I played second team for about four or five games. I was just, no, I played first team for I think I started for two or three games. Then I got hurt in training because I was really unfit. I put on about five kg of muscle that summer. Well, not really muscle, but muscle and fat. So I was heavy, or at least heavier than I was last time. I'd be eating and lifting, eating and lifting. I had, did zero cardio because I was trying to put on meat. And that's how I hurt myself in training. So I was out for about two games. That's how I came back as a sub for like three games. Didn't really get much game time because the team was gelling. It was just it was a beautiful thing. They were coming together. It's like poetry in motion. Everyone knew their roles, knew their place. And I, I had, it was just me with my superhero-sized ego. I'd swallow my pride because I was hurt. I wasn't able to join them. And, you know, whenever they lost and I wasn't there, I felt terrible because I felt like I could have helped. Whenever they won, I was obviously happy. But then I was sad at the same time because I wanted to be part of Spoiler's victory. I wanted to experience the thrills, you know, the challenge of overcoming a good team who people didn't expect you to be. And um, again, that was another lesson for me because I'm a very competitive person. And what, the, the problem with competitive people is you hate to lose. You have it in your head that I must win at all times, anytime, every time. And it's been hard for me to settle down from that because, you know, certain people say, you know, not everything is about you. And it's true. Not everything is about ego. I, in Latin, you can't, no man is an island. You need people to survive. You need people to win. You need other people to win, teach you lessons and also to teach them lessons because once you're gracious in defeat and gracious in your victory you know you're more likable and when you're more likable you're able to influence more people because more people are willing to listen to you because they realize you're not an arrogant prick who just all about himself and up his own ass sorry for the language elders parents grandparents aunties uncles but you know this is just a raw rough uncut story time and um yeah you know i fell off my high horse i got friends on the lot rejected by girls accepted it i felt rejected by my coach even though it wasn't rejected it's just the people were better than me so it was hard for him to break it to me because i was obviously in the team and it's also hard for me to understand because like i'd worked so hard to get into the team and now you're telling me i'm not good enough and being told you're not good enough can be one of the most crushing things that could ever happen to you because you just don't want to be told that you 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 want that validation whether it's from your friends your family your coach your fellow players your girls whatever if ever we're constantly seeking validation all the things we do when you're grafting a girl you're seeking her validation ultimately there's that fear of rejection and it holds you back you know you pursue her and she if she doesn't like you she doesn't like you it's tough shit you know um you have to deal with that that's that also plays a massive role in impacting your psyche but i think what i'm trying to say with all these ramblings and all this ranting is that life is made of peaks and troughs at any point you either be in a peak or in a trough or heading between either or you may be in limbo you'll be constantly fluctuating your minds your thoughts your feelings they'll be shifting they'll be altering they'll be adapting to your current environment and wherever you are whenever you listen to this listen well and listen good as we say is life is the biggest teacher experience can teach you more than any book any video any audio any lesson life is full of lessons and sometimes to keep teaching you the same lesson until you get it said get it on purpose because that's you know for emphasis it, it was teaching me humility and i think that that is the word i want to hang my hat on this podcast humility even if you don't if you've forgotten what else happened before life has taught me humility in 2019 2020 it was constantly teaching me humility because i 
thought I was too good. I thought I was the best. I thought I was a guy. And I wasn't. Simply wasn't. I wasn't as good as I thought I was. I couldn't be had I put in the work, but it didn't. So it taught me humility. It taught me humility with the committee. It taught me humility with the rugby team. It taught me humility with the ladies. It taught me humility in almost all aspects of my life. It taught me to be realistic with myself, realistic with my expectations, and to be true, and to be hungry and work harder than anyone else in the room for everything and anything I wanted. And what came out from that was that, sorry, Luke, Isabella, Isabella again, Izzy, Adam, Alfie, Patrick, and all these other great leaders, these great captains, these great friends of mine. I won the line competition because I wanted it so bad. I wanted a break from all these L's I was taking. I wanted the dub. And they can tell you themselves, I was obsessed. I'd be so upset if we lost or came second in any competition. Whether it was swimming, I was screaming and shouting the loudest. It was football. Coach the boys, coach the girls, coach the juniors, coach the seniors. I was there. Basketball, we played and coached at the same time. Chess, we were there. Debating, we were there. Singing, drama, we did everything and anything in my power to win, to will the team to win. And world, world hadn't won in about 12 years. Now, anyone who's been in the school set, knows that once you have a pattern of losing, it's hard to break that pattern unless you have something revolutionary or astonishing happen. I had not to big up myself, but I had a great team and a great supporting cast. They bought into my leadership style. And I am truly grateful because what that taught me is that hard work is worth it. Assistance is worth it. It all works out in the end if you put in the work. Because ultimately, luck is when opportunity meets preparation and we were prepared we met the opportunity with all the preparation we we're more prepared than all the other teams we were more hungry than all the other teams we want and i'm grateful for those lessons i was taught i think had i not been forced to see that i wasn't the person i was hallucinating i was i wouldn't be who i am right now i wouldn't have started the petition i wouldn't have had this podcast i wouldn't have been trying to lead in all aspects of my life and influence others and inspire others to do the same and to change their lives and to change the world and to let my light shine and set the world on fire i wouldn't be where I am today without those L's. So take your L's, embrace them, meditate on them, and try and learn from them. Learn and improve. What you don't want to do is avoid L's. What you want to do is confront them head on. You confront your L, even if it means starting a business and you know it's going to fail. At least start it to gain that experience, to learn a bit about that market, to learn a bit about your clientele, to learn a bit about yourself, your expertise or your lack thereof, and your, your ability to sell. You know, this has been longer than you needed to be, but I think it was an essential chapter in my journal. I think I've been holding on to these thoughts for too long and i'm sorry if i've kept you if i if i've lost you if i haven't captivated you but this is me this is raw and cut kun cultured kun this is cultured kun no it's not smooth talking kun this is cultured kun just a guy with a lot of his mind and a lot more in his heart speaking from experience speaking from the trials and tribulations i've faced in my short lifespan and speaking to help impact and change other people's lives now i hope this clip here has been helpful i've tried my best to encapsulate as much as i need to say but it's quite a packed message and um, hopefully you'll be tuned in for story time number two which will be with a co-host the talkative Aries um, a mentor of mine uh, she's actually the inspiration she's one of the main reasons I started this podcast and yeah we'll be chopping it up soon so listen to this stay tuned and if you've reached this far I just want to thank you so much for your support your time and your attention I know you may have had better things to do but you gave me the time of day and listened to what I had to say and I'm truly grateful thank you so much